Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast, peeps. I'm your host and founder, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. And with me today is Mike Capuzzi. And here's a bit about Mike. So Mike Capuzzi is an advisor. He is also the author and publisher for business owners looking to stand out. Since 1998, Mike has helped thousands of business owners market their business smarter. He is the inventor of the world-famous collection of hand-drawn direct response doodles, copy doodles, which are used by copywriters, marketers, and business owners around the world. For the past decade, Mike has helped business owners become published authors, and in 2019, he launched bite-sized books. Yes, you heard me, bite-sized books, a new publishing venture founded on his proven formula for creating short, helpful books known as Shooks for Main Street business owners. Shooks are the ideal type of book for local business owners to publish because they are easy to create, can be read in about one hour, and offer helpful ways for readers to connect with the author. In his latest Shook, the 100-page book, Mike shares his proven formula anybody can use to author, publish, and leverage a Shook to create a position of authority, differentiate one's business, and attract more ideal customers. And if you're like me, I want to know more about a Shook because I'm not here to spend useless time reading books. I want to get the meat and potatoes and just start where I'm trying to go. So without further ado, please welcome Mike Capuzzi to GEMS Podcast. Hey, Genesis. Thank you. I appreciate that. My pleasure, Mike. So let's break the ice. <laughs> so you can either share a crazy thing that you've done in your life or a fun but interesting fact about yourself. I don't know if I want to share the crazy stuff. Ooh, it may <laughs> um, be interesting though. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, well, you mentioned copy doodles, which is kind of cool because that put me on the map around the world, uh, literally tens of thousands of customers. But I think for this conversation today, Genesis, I think the interesting fact, uh, I've written 15 books um, and uh, two of them are Amazon number one bestsellers, like real ones, international bestsellers uh, for month over month. And I've helped, I think we're up to like 100, 125 business owners, entrepreneurs, and uh, CEOs um, write their own books. And you mentioned they're short books. So I, I'd say the fact that I never thought I could write a book just not that long ago, like 10, 15 years ago. And now I've got, you know, 15 of them I've written. Wow, that is incredible. Incredible. So over 15 books, two of them are best-selling for Amazon, and then you've helped 125 authors. Yes. I'm really fascinated in copy doodles, because today we're going to learn about why you focus on this niche area, because how many people can say that they write a book that is readable in an hour, and it could be 100 pages, so it's like, Wow, it's very short and condensed and to the point. 
And then another thing that you do is just really putting out content that is relevant to help business differentiate. Because if you're not differentiating your business, then you're easily going to, you know, get caught up in the sea of everyone else that's trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, you and I were talking before we hit the record button about famous quotes and how I couldn't think of one on another podcast. And I just, you know, there was a quote I, so I've spoken around the world on stage uh, at different marketing events, et cetera. And I would always Genesis open up uh, one of the talks I did. It was specifically the copy tools talk, which talks about how to add handwriting to your marketing to make it stand out. But I would share a quote from one of my favorite authors, authors and mentors, Dan Kennedy, and I'm going to probably paraphrase it, but he basically said, I'd ask the audience, you know, what's the number one, you know, sin in marketing your business? And, the, you know, the answer was being boring, right? Being like everybody else. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's critical these days to be able to stand out, get note. That's the very first step. I mean, no, you could have the best product, best service in the world. And if people don't notice it, don't get, you don't get their attention, um, it's all for naught. So anyway, I digress, but yeah, it's, it's, it's important for anyone watching or listening to figure out ways to stand out. So in your business and what you're doing now, what are some of the ways that you stand out by your core values and your Mm. overall mission? Mm. Uh, So several things. I mean, I used to, one of the things I did for years uh, in, I haven't, I I sold the group, but I used to run a local every month. I would go to a, first at a hotel room I'd rent, but then we moved it to a university. I'd rented this room and I would get upwards of 70 to hundred local business owners coming out every month. And I would teach them good, smart marketing. So it was a very, and then I started bringing in guest speakers that were like subject matter experts. So one of the things I did over those years, Genesis um, was really hone my speaking skills, hone, you know, my leading skills, my leadership skills, um, uh, being able to help others. I'm definitely known, and you kind of mentioned it, I'm definitely known to make complex topics simple, um, like writing a book. Uh, so that's one thing. I would say also being a book author, something we can talk about. I think in this day and age, being a published book author is critical to standing out being seen as a leader. And then you also mentioned another thing, which is trying to put out good content. I don't, I've dialed it back as I've gotten older. Um, but I think it's, I still, I think it's important to show your, you know, folks that you're a thought leader and not just rehashing the same old stuff, but really kind of coming up with new ideas, different ways of looking at things. Um, and that's been very, very useful and helpful to me. Mm, thank you for sharing. And I wouldn't say older, just season. You got in. <laughs> No, older. <laughs> Trust me. So um, one thing, whenever I was reading your bio that really stood out to me, Mike, is Shook. I like how mm-hmm. you trademark Shook. So why the name Shook and what gives that an edge? Yeah, again, great question. Two quick, so two good questions. There. So again, one of the things I teach people, most businesses have a lot of competition right? There's someone down the road, someone around, you know, the other side of the country, whatever that does the same thing you do. You think about fast food restaurants. Um, there's a ton of places that make hamburgers, right? But there's only one Big Mac and there's only one Whopper. And, you know, they have a slight variation of essentially the same thing. Well, there's a ton of people, Genesis, that help other people write books, publish books. So what did I do? I know smart marketing. I knew I needed to come up with my own 
Big Mac, my own Whopper, if you will, my own special sauce. So I coined the phrase Shook. Shook stands for short, helpful book. So it's you know kind of a, a smash up of words. And it's really my brand of book. And these are these are real books, Genesis. You know, these are real books that can sit up on a bookshelf. You know, here's one of our new client ones. Here's one of mine. Um, but what's really key about them is that they're designed to be read in about an hour. So think of it like a one-hour conversation in print. So it makes it much more attractive for 95% of the people out there because you're right, no one wants to read a 300-page book these days. Um, it makes it much easier for our clients to write because now they're writing a lot less content. And it follows a very specific marketing formula, Genesis. It's, it's every shook from all of our clients, they're, you know, they're short and helpful, but they follow a very specific recipe based on a, you know, something that I've developed over the last 10 years as far as which chapter goes where, what kind of content goes in that chapter to make it helpful, but also to provide results for the author. Okay, so can we hear the recipe or the secret sauce behind the recipe? Because whenever you think about one hour and 100 page book, there has to be a reason why you said, okay, we're going to cap it off at 100 pages. So you could share that. And how did you know that 100 pages could be read in one hour? Because everyone may have a different reading pace and style. Right. Well, and listen, on that, on that topic, it's definitely an average. I have, you know, I could probably read it in a half hour. I'm a very fast reader. So a, a shook is typically anywhere from 10 to 15,000 words. The average business book is typically 75 to 100,000 words. So right off the bat, you can see it's a lot, you know, a lot shorter. I mean, a blog post can be a thousand words. You can read a blog post in, you know, seven, eight minutes. So, you know, that's an average. Um, but I always like to say, you know, you can get on a plane in New York by the time you land in Chicago, you're done a shook and, 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 and know, you know, what's the next thing. So you asked about the recipe. I can give a real quick overview. Um, I am a direct response marketing consultant. I started that business in 1998, helping businesses implement direct response marketing, which is a different type of marketing. It's about eliciting a response, right? So the direct response formula, the recipe that we use, starts with knowing exactly who your target reader is. Who do you want? Now, these are remember, these are nonfiction, business-oriented books, business owners, entrepreneurs, CEOs. So for example, I mean, look, here's one of, this is just came off the press. This is a, a, a lawyer um, who helps his clients with living trusts. And we always start off with a chapter, Genesis, I don't know if you can see it, but it's called Who Should Read This Book, right? So right from the very get-go, the very first chapter, we are saying, listen, this book is for you if you're this, this, and this. Otherwise, don't waste your time, put it down, return it at Amazon, whatever. The second chapter, and I'm not going to go step by step, but the second one is my promise to you. So I always encourage my clients and my own shooks, I'm going to make a promise, invest an hour of time thereabouts, and here's what you're going to get when you read this. Then the helpful content is in there, Genesis. And then, and this is the really cool part, and this is the part a lot of book authors really mess up. We have a section of a shift called the, the Path Forward. And there's three chapters in that Path Forward which really help interested readers. So right when you write a book like this, you're trying to get people to, only a certain, a certain percentage are really going to be interested in what you have to offer. So you're trying to get those interested readers to raise their hand. 
So we have three very specific chapters which try to get those readers, for example, this attorney, to then schedule a strategy session, an initial call with him to see if he's the right attorney to create that living trust. That's very important. That's the direct one of the direct response parts of the book. So it's about if you know you're providing helpful information, a, you know, a percentage of readers are always going to want more. Most book authors do not provide that path. They just say, okay, I'm done. Maybe go to my website. A shook is different. A shook is very explicit and tells interested readers, here's what to do next. As a matter of fact, one of the chapters is called The Next Step, and it's very explicit. Okay, because it's like, this is, okay, I like how it starts off, like, who should read it? Because it's like your ideal avatar, and you're mm -hmm. giving people the information up, for, up front. You're also challenging that reader on what steps to take next. Yep. And then the path forward is the closer in a sense. Like, exactly. okay, now that you've read this book, this is what you need to do in order to work with me and connect more on a deeper level. Because I've already given you, you know, enough information where you should get to know me as an author, but also know how I can help you as a reader. Yeah. Hey, Genesis, guess what? What? Sounds like you should write a shook. <laughs> I think you already have it half done. <laughs> Yeah, now you're you're 100 right. That's amazing. So, out of all the shooks that you have helped authors write, which one was the most challenging, and why? <sighs> well, that's a loaded question, right? So, when you have clients, as you probably know, there's so the, the challenging part could be the client, him or herself. We've had a few of those, but I don't think that's what you mean. Um, I'm looking. We have a whole wall over here of of different ones. You know, I, I just helped, I just helped a gentleman write his fourth shook, his fourth, and he's, he's now getting, starting his fifth one. And here's what's really cool about this guy. He's an Air Force fighter pilot. So he's an Air Force fighter pilot. Um, he is still active duty, or I don't know if he's active or now, um, you know, uh, reserve, but he's, in, in the Air Force, he's no longer, he, he flew over in like Iraq and all that, but he now teaches other fighter pilots. But he also, that's, so he's still in the Air Force, but he also has uh, a consulting company now. And he's now trying to help other people who want to become air, uh, fighter pilots. So he just published a shook, Genesis, that first of all, all the money that was raised, and it was a lot, it was thousands of dollars, um, he donated to a childhood cancer foundation because that was close to him. But it was, a, it was challenging because the, the, the Shook contains 19 other fighter pilot stories. So he got 19 other fighter pilots plus himself, so 20 total, to write a short chapter on what it means, you know, just like life advice, what, what being a fighter pilot has taught them. Um, and, you know, that was a challenging project, but we got it done. Now get this. He's, that was volume one. Volume two is going to be, you know, that was published and, and released on Veterans Day last year. Volume two is going to be released on Veterans Day this year. And uh, he's already got it full. He's already got another 20, you know, and he's, he's, he's going to raise even more. His goal is to raise $100,000 um, and donate it to this, this foundation. But uh, that was a very cool project, a bit of a challenge because you can think about it, these, these are type A personalities. A lot of women, I was really blown away by how many female fighter pilots are in the book, which I thought was very cool. 
Um, so yeah, it was a very cool project. That's pretty cool because then I'm sure whenever you were faced with that challenge, it also strengthened you in some areas because you were stretched and you're like, okay, I need to help this author. But then while helping this author get out his literary works, I'm also challenging myself and learning in other areas that I probably wouldn't have. Yeah, absolutely. And that's still, I mean, I'm sort of going into my you know, the last phase of my career. And yeah, like I still, you can ask my wife, I'll get done work and I'll be like, you know, I'll, I get, I still get excited when I learn things or I can improve things. Like I see what maybe a client may be struggling or not understanding a concept and it, it forces me to come up with a better way to describe it. Um, so yeah, I still get excited that way. And when you think about the shooks, do you ever think about creating something else outside of a shook? Maybe one that's a little bit longer yeah. Yes. And then reality hits. I'm like, no, <laughs> now. So these are the answer is yes. Um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Genesis, we work with our authors and they're essentially self-published. Right. So we're a hybrid publisher. We're not a New York Times, you know, you know, one of the McMillan or any of the big, you know, we're nothing like that. Um, matter of fact, most of our clients give away their books. They don't even worry about selling them per se. But um, yeah, I, you know, my own, I've self-published all of my own books, so 15 or so. It's probably actually over 15. I know I'm probably forgetting a couple there, but regardless, um, there's days that I think, you know what, I, I want to write like a real book that would become like, I'd, there's, there's still a little bit ego, like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to be a New York Times bestseller or something like that. Um, I'm not sure if I'll do it. Not that much of a, a goal, but there's times where I do think about that. So when, um, when you think about you being in the self-publishing lane versus going through a publishing house, what are some of the pros and cons that you've personally seen and that your other authors have seen? Yeah, again, very good question. So they're, they're pretty distinct, Genesis. So for example, self-publishing gives you autonomy. It gives you speed. It allows you to you know, maneuver much quicker. I mean, if you go to the traditional publisher route, it can take a year, 18 months to get that book done. And by the way, you're still, as the author, even though you got this big company behind you, you're still responsible for marketing, which is, you know, is one of the most challenging parts of book publishing. The, you know, there, though, you've got the name recognition, potentially, of a big publisher. So certain folks, look, I'm working with a client right now, Genesis, uh, a woman in, uh, she's in the fitness weight loss space. And I've already told her, like, you need to have a quote, real book. Like that you, she started off with an ebook, right? She came to us to do a shook and she's doing a great job. I'm blown away how, and she just joined us. Um, but I, and I told her, I said, listen, I see your future. Like you, yes, this will get you to a certain point. Um, this will get your name out there. This will be a good marketing asset for your business to grow. Um, but yeah, for what she wants to do, this, this empire she wants to build, she needs to be, and, you know, she needs to be a very recognized author uh, to get on all the media exposure. Now, you can still do that as a self-published author, but it's a little bit harder. But uh, for, I would say, 90 to 95% of our business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs, self-publishing is a much quicker, much more effective and efficient way to get their book done. Okay. So 
And I know, okay, I'm going to do this from my memory. I know like whenever I talk to some people who are authors that are in the self-publishing space, they say, oh, I want to self-publish because I get to keep all the revenue of it. And they're not tied to any restrictions that, okay, if I turn this over to a publishing house, there are certain things that I can't do due to the restrictions then with the big publishing house people are like okay if i go through this publishing house then i get a wider net exposure wise but (laughs) okay i'll let you finish no 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 but i like to think that people should really understand the full pros and cons of both because i think we all have to know what's best for us but also know that okay, am I profit-led or am I led by the content of what the book is going to help the readers accomplish? Mm -hmm. But I want you to chime in there because I I know you wanted to say something there. Well, I mean, you're you're 100% right um, on a lot of things you just mentioned. Um, Working with a traditional publisher, I mean, a good friend of mine, uh, he was self-published, 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 and then he had this dream of being published by a big publisher. So he, he got a little bit of a front end uh, contract. You know, it's not, you know, you're not going to retire on that money. Um, but what was so challenging was they dictated the title. He wanted a certain title and they talked him out of it. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of control because quote, they know better, which maybe they do, maybe they don't, but um, you know, you few people, and again, we're, we're talking, our clients are all nonfiction business oriented authors. So you're, you're not going to get rich. I mean, the, the, the number of people who've gotten, you know, rich off of publishing that type of book is, you know, you're not Stephen King, you're not, you know, Patricia Cornwell or whatever, but um, so it's, we always advise our clients, Genesis, it's not about selling books. Like this is not about selling books. Yes. I sell books on Amazon every day. It's okay. I'm not, it's not my goal. My goal is to get my book out there into the right reader's hands so that the book can, you know, get them to, you know, introduce them to me, introduce the concept of what we do. And if they want more, then they reach out to us. The profit is always on the back end. It's always on, you know, what you offer and how you help your clients, customers, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the money stuff, but I think I always say most times, Genesis, and, and by the way, the last thing is, and I said this before, you're still responsible either as a published or self-published author, you are still responsible for the marketing of it, your social media, your email, all the stuff. You are responsible for that. The, the big publisher is not doing that for you. They'll help. They'll put some you know, effort behind it, but you're still, it still comes down to the author. So, um, you know, typically it's more about ego. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's about, hey, I was published by, you know, such and such a publisher. Thank you for sharing that. And I like the perspective around that because marketing is a big component of what is going to drive your book's outreach. And there are some people who are not experts at marketing. So whenever you think about your business and how you're helping people and with your marketing background, because that is also an advantage, what are some of the top five things that people need to consider whenever marketing their ship or marketing their books as a whole? Okay. Well, you keep track. I might not keep track. So one the first thing, and no one's going to want to hear this, but it's the truth. It's a lot harder than you realize. Like, mo- and I always say, I always say this: writing the book is the easy part. It's the consistent, persistent marketing and use of the book. It's, you know, it's a historical fact that most authors have boxes. Back in the day, when you had to buy them, now you don't have to do this so as much. But 
They buy these books, they have them in a box and they don't use them. Uh, a book in a box is not going to help anybody. You've got to get it out there. So number one is it's, it's harder. It takes more time. So I have a podcast where I interview nonfiction business authors and I've heard it over, well, heck, Genesis, you were on it. You were on it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it takes more time than a lot of people realize. Like they, they, they want to just write the book and they don't think about the marketing. The smart author is thinking about the marketing of as he or she is writing the book and realizing here's how I launch it. Here's how I sustain it. Um, I would say it's a, it's a social media is not just it. You know, so if you have a big social media following, that's you know, a piece of the puzzle. Um, it could be a very good piece of the puzzle, but typically it's, it's a, a combination of online and offline efforts of doing different, you, you got to do a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, I wrote a book, I call it the magic of free books, and it, it shares 51 ways to leverage a book by giving it away. So you make money by giving it away. What else? Um, you got to do a lot of stuff. I have a podcast where I'm a guest like today. I have, you know, I, well, I have a podcast where I invite you, but I also do podcast guesting, which I think is a really smart strategy these days. Um, and the other thing, I think the last thing I'd, I'd leave you with, Genesis, is, and maybe this doesn't answer your specific question, but it's one that I hear a lot of people talk about. A lot of folks like the idea or, or want to be a, bu a book author, but they don't think they're smart enough. They don't think they're a good enough writer. They don't think, you know, why, why should I do this? Who am I to write a book? And I, I, I try to you know, squash that immediately because if you're helping people, whatever you do, if you're an attorney, if you're a coach, if you're a CEO, and you're helping people in some way, then people are going to want your, your book. They are going to want to hear more about how you help other people like them. So I think this notion of who am I to write a book uh, needs to be squashed. Okay, so... Um, number one was understanding that it is hard, but it's not impossible. No, definitely not impossible. Number two is the cross promotion. So podcast guesting, getting in front of the media, like I've done um, magazines where some magazines mm -hmm. have reached out to me. Then you could also start your own podcast. So having your own podcast, yep. guests appearing on other podcasting, then media spaces, just making sure that you are being relevant and people know you, not just as an author, but they also know you outside of the author ramp. So they have that no like and trust um, factor there. Then three, getting out of outside of those paradigm shifts where you feel like you're incompetent or you're not good enough. So I always say to kick IS in the butt and IS is that imposter syndrome. Mm. So those are the top three. And then the other two, um, I think they were mentioned throughout our segment here, Mike, if you would agree. Yeah, there's, and listen, I would, I would just say this, Genesis, there's you know, there's a ton of opportunity. In this day and age, you can go on Amazon right now and find a ton of books. You can find some my shooks. There's, there's no excuse. If, if you want to write a book, there's, there's a, no excuse not to make it happen and make it happen quickly. Absolutely. And now for our call to action, Mike, what's your call to action for the listeners and viewers? What do you want to challenge them to do? So that way they didn't just hear about, you know, being an author, but they could actually take these practical steps and go do something. Thank you. Um, I would challenge everybody listening or watching. Like if you want to write a book, write a book. 
you want to learn how I do it and how I teach my clients to do it, um, with your permission, Genesis, I, I'm going to give uh, your, your li listeners and viewers the opportunity to uh, read the 100-page book. Um, it, we sell it on Amazon, but you can read it for free. And I'm going to give another Shook. It's called the, uh, the Shook. Um, I think it's called the Shook Blueprint. I can't remember now. Um, where I essentially, I mean, distill it down even tighter, Genesis, to uh, just the bare essence of the recipe we use. So you see step by step how Shook you know, is built, if you will. So um, those two shooks are available if you go to my main website, which is mikecapuzzi.com. So mikecapuzzi.com forward slash gifts. So plural, G-I-F-T-S. Um, you go there, you know, let, let, let me know that, you know, you heard, heard us on Genesis podcast and uh, you'll be able to immediately read both of those shooks online. And then mm -hmm. our, our, our publishing company is bitesizebooks.com, as you mentioned, Genesis. And then my new rebranded, which you were a guest, thank you very much, one of our first guests, um, the Author Factor podcast, so authorfactor.com. Amazing. And where do you hang out primarily on social media? <laughs> I don't, but <laughs> primarily um, Facebook and I, I yeah, that's it. Uh, Facebook is probably it, LinkedIn. Um, so uh, linkedin.com forward slash Mike Capuzzi helps. And then on Facebook, you'll find me. My, my, it's Michael M. Capuzzi. Amazing. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Once again, I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kent. And my guest was Mike Capuzzi. All of his contact information will be in the show notes. So you can definitely connect with him there. Go to his website first. And then if you can't get him there, Hit your next bet is social media, but he wants you to go to the website. And don't forget to get those two free gifts, a hundred page book, and then the blueprint. So you could start to take actions today to secure a better future. And until we chat next time, don't forget to subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms and connect over on YouTube for all things video content by typing at gems with genesis amaris kent and lastly but not least we are ranked in the top three percent globally per www.listennotes.com and that is out of 2.8 million podcasts so peace love and lots of blessings go out and be great because we all have stories inside of us and you never know how your story can shape ignite or spark a flame in somebody else. So don't let your stories be for yourself, but be selfless instead of selfish. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services, to be here on GEMS Podcast.